1: Good evening, sloggers, or ahoy, because we've spent so much fucking time walking on canals in the last two and a half, three months, that I think we've all still wondering about with, um, well, it wouldn't be sea legs, would it? It'd be canal legs. But anyway, we are back. Eugene's knackered, because Eugene scored how many this weekend, Eugene?
2: Just 113.
1: Crowd cheering noise that you've done before on previous podcasts. Not when I scored any runs because that hasn't fucking happened since Godwaves went. Simon, you well? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm
0: all right. Better than I was after the walk for multiple reasons. Hello. I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, yeah, pretty, pretty good. House housework is taking priority now over the walking. I've got I've got to play cricket in two weeks, which I'm a little bit nervous about. If I'm honest, yeah. I've, I've been selected to play in some kind of kind of league legends game, which I, I mean bowls If I know, I've got picked for this. And also, what I've noticed is looking at it, there's only three of us that aren't currently
1: playing. I was going to say this, so I mean, legends in in just what it means. It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that we see at Tabs Day. So we've played in games with Simon Jones or Matthew Hoggard, who don't let's say bowl in the same with the same gusto that they perhaps once did. And I think a Legends game would be a similar kind of thing, wouldn't it? It's like a load of over fifties who now rather than bowling seventy-five or eighty miles an hour, bowl seventeen or eighteen miles an hour, which is which is correct in in your in respect of you, yeah. But there are still some lads, George Bacon. You know,
0: well, most of them uh, seem to be on the opposition. This is the <laughs> thing. So they've done the thing mm-hmm. where they've split the league into north and south, and I'm, I'm I'm representing the north somehow, even though when I was actually off decent at cricket, I played in the south. But anyway, I'm not jealous of not being on their team. I promise. And so, yeah, I mean, we've basically just got people that aren't playing cricket anymore, and they've got six lads from the current champions and, and a bunch of ex-professionals. And we're going to be, me that I'm bowled ball in, well, since that Tav's do the other week, and, but other than that, I'm bowled ball for two years. And, Mount and that went... Well, I did it right. That and, and Mount Brown, who last played when the year started in 19. So... I, I can't, I can't quite see how it's going to go. But anyway, and apparently it's got to be a semi-competitive forty-over fixture. There yeah, we may I'll Well, looks so look, into it a drinking event. Maybe I I'll understand it I'll into things. a drinking event. I know for a fact that <laughs> me, me, Brownie, and a couple of the other northern lads will happily start the start the day off strong. Mm. And uh, to be fair, it won't make us any worse. So,
1: yeah. Well, we're not here to talk about any any of these paltry things, are we? We're we're here to, well, firstly, an apology. We recorded after we'd done the first walk. And then after that, we're all so fucked that we, we didn't manage to record in between Ashes tests. So we're going to do a bit of a recap on the Ashes. I mean, you all know what happened, but just from our point of view, there's been a, a couple of key retirements, one during the Ashes, one today as we record this. So, yeah, we'll talk about the war, we'll talk about the Ashes, and then maybe a little bit of other gumph that we normally talk about, what's going to happen in the future, and then we will finish and come back to you next week, I guess. So let's start walk two now. I would back to you, Jono. I, I stepped back at this point because... <laughs> um, you didn't step anywhere. I stepped out of the conversation at this point because my good lady wife, following, the, uh, following the, the birth of our glorious son, Rafferty, went back to work the first week, the week that you boys were doing the second walk. And so I unfortunately had to miss it. So, Edge Weston to, to Lords, gentlemen, how was it? Hard.
0: Yeah, it was. It was it, well, yeah. Every, and everyone says walking south, you go downhill, you don't, for a start. Although, it's not, I mean, to be fair, we didn't walk down Highgate Hill, much to Eugene's <laughs> irritation. But no, it was, it was good. It, it, uh, to be fair, we, we can. I think the whole walk, we were amazed at how nice people were to us. The support that we got while we were out on it, it was incredible. We started off staying in a load of cricket grounds and, and things like that and then slightly changed tact a little bit when we were doing the slightly longer distances and we weren't trying to were sure what times we were going to be arriving at places and we didn't want to mess people about. So kind of changed tact a little bit and, and stopped a few Airbnbs and bits and bobs like that just to make sure that we were, weren't were winding or saying to someone, yeah, we'll be there at 8 and then not getting there till 11. Obviously, if you're paying someone in a hotel, that's not as so much of a drama. But yeah, the support that we we got from people whether it be in random pubs or restaurants that we were going in to have a bite to eat in the evening to people like Toby commenting on on the on these radio station and on the radio show sorry and then the support that came in from that i just i was blown away by it all it was the whole thing i know I've skipped to doing from doing one leg but otherwise we kind of break down each individual leg we could be here till about 1am and Eugene's mm. definitely not got that in him. In his, at the start of this show, we could see his chin, and now we're up to top lip. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for the head to right. go slightly further down below the thing. But yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm I t- like, really proud of you two guys for the efforts that you put in. I think we should be really proud of it. It's kind of hard to think about it at the minute, even though we were two weeks out from finishing. I think we'll we'll sit and look back in a couple of months' time and, i will be really proud of what we've done. And we can look back at all the, the times that we enjoyed and the times that we bickered and the times that we did other things. Swimming down the canals at one stage for me was a particular highlight. Yeah, and I think it was just all a brilliant thing to do. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> no. Some idiot suggested that we do the Australia series. As that's just, enough. you know, yeah. We'd have to start now. I mean, I'm up for a, a 60. If someone wants to pay for us to go to the entire Ashes series in Australia, that's a very different kettle of fish. However, the wife yeah, and child things. will definitely have to come. Whoever's on about sponsoring is this. And uh, I've just found out how they do that flight direct to Perth, and I ain't doing that. So apparently, so it is a bit of a trivia thing for all our listeners. You can now fly direct from Heathrow to Perth. Sorry? Yeah, No, 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 16, I think. 16 on the, on the straight. However, what they do is they fly up to slightly higher than normal so they they get up to forty one thousand feet as opposed to thirty six, and then just cut the engines. So so you're basically in a in a in a, a massive glider with five hundred people in it that in your entire, entire existence is based on. Our mate Johnny Thrower's work on the Rolls Royce engine, meaning it fires up at the vital time Ooh. when they've got back down to about thirty three thousand feet. By which point you are over sweet Fanny Adams as well. By the time it. <laughs> You, you've pissed off past the Southern Horn of Africa at that stage and you've gotten out but ocean. So, and I've seen Johnny's work, if I'm honest. I'm sure he's very good at what he does. But when they're starting that up on the ground, that's a far easier thing to manage, isn't it? And once they've started, and you, why turn them off? I know why they do it. Save fuel, great. Um, I'm not having it. I'd, I'd, I'd have a night in Singapore, thanks. I've got to the way. <laughs>
2: yeah. Eugene, how was the walk for you, dear boy? Definitely, I think I've mentioned this before, the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. I mean, first and foremost, I think there was only one of the three of us that completed pretty much every single mile. Not pretty much every single mile, Matt Simon. So first of all, massive congrats to you, mate. Jodo and I were ably supporting and following up in the in the, in the, in the wings of, of, of the walk. But yeah, it was your idea you completed. it. So first of all, massive congrats to you, mate, for completing. I think you're a little bit shy of 500 miles, but you know. few. I'm Although, sure we... to be fair, with the events that happened on the last night in the Able, I reckon I might, might correct it. But We'll, we'll say 500 then. <laughs> so we need that song to then come in now. But yeah. I mean, consider, but yeah, considering the last I suppose. the last thing we said before we press record
1: was, we're not going to reference this. No, we're not going to say know? anything
0: about it. I'm just going to keep referencing it whilst not giving anyone inform- inf- any information. Because I haven't <laughs> actually got any information. That is the
1: greatest <laughs> part of it. I'm not lying, because I do not know. How was it for you, Jono? Again, brilliant. I mean... I found the, uh, I think the shortest walk was the hardest walk, mainly because, so Simon and I, when we, obviously Eugene, Eugene's partner, Kate had to go into hospital for a back operation, so Eugene couldn't do the headingly to Old Trafford one with us. And he should be quite happy about that, because day one, we walked through what can only be described as the arse end of Bradford, which we nicknamed Soweto. I think we're being harsh (laughs) on Soweto, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, then we woke up, the, and then we 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 stayed in this amazing place. I th- we pronounce it Slate, but what do they call it? Slawit, don't they? Something like that near Huddersfield. We yeah. ended up in this pub, and they were amazing. Like there was this lady called Maxine who just basically made everybody in the pub donate there and then to the thing. She accosted two like eighteen-year-old lads in the kebab shop when we were. What what even is this? but they both put like a fiver in or whatever, do you? But then we woke up the following morning and started. Graham, Simon's brother came to join us, which was great. Did a bit about three miles on the canal. And then there were two routes. You could either go via the road, which was silly, silly steep, or we could have done what Graham suggested with one of these like Ordnance survey maps. And that was basically climb almost vertically for about an hour, 600 meters up, right? Well, Simon went, yeah, all right. And I went, well, all right. And then fuck me sideways. We basically climbed up and over a Pennine. It was like, there was no path. It was like basically mounted goats. had created some kind of bit where the grass was a bit shorter. It was like, I would almost rolled my ankle every time I put my foot down. Then it started raining. Then the wind started and it was brutal. And but then we, we got over that. And then we can see Manchester in the distance. But then we had to walk through Oldham. That was, I mean, that, what was that?
0: That I don't think we got to see these places at their finest. The weather was shit. Walking through both of them, and and obviously it it, it does help out if the weather's nice. Like I'm sure some of the parts that some of the, the bits in North London we walked through aren't exactly glamorous. Right. Like, I don't think anyone that lives there that will, will call them glamorous. But because it was thirty-two degrees and we're strolling along, bouncing along nicely, they they seemed all right. However, when we it was so wet Ugh. as we're walking through Oldham, and I mean to be fair, I think Manchester, from my viewing of Manchester in the north northwest, yeah, northwest, it has a certain what's the word I'm looking for? It has a thing about being wet, mm. and, and I know. Jay, Jono's brother, sent me, or sent us a message the next time saying how glorious it was. Well, the four days that we did any kind of walking through the northwest, it belted it down. Mm. Absolutely good and proper smashed it down. They couldn't play any cricket because it was constantly pissing down. Mm. I mean, it, it, there were so many different phrases, Otter's Pocket, Paddocks, bathing mm. costume, casting couch, literally, they were all <laughs> oh. oh. just not enough to do it justice. I I, I was considering going and having a right good try, try and swim to Ireland. I mean, I'd have possibly been drier. Yep. Some of the places we might have walked through, I might have been cleaner. So, I, it, but again,
1: yeah, not. I mean, it was literally that wet as we were walking down into Manchester. So Neil, who was our support driver, who came with us for that leg, gave me his bright orange, like, waterproof jacket, right? By th- I wore it for about four hours, and by the end of it, it started off waterproof, but it got that hammered by water that in the end, it had just given up proof capabilities, and I was... T- <laughs> um, to
0: do, So we stopped off at St. Riz or whatever it was, and we got about five miles left. I think we'd actually got about eight miles left, but but we can that <laughs> because that's when I, Jono just went. I don't need any water. I don't need anything. I'm just walking, and literally they, we didn't speak. Ooh. It was horrible. It was yeah. you think they talk about all the rest of the walks, it's so nice doing it with people. We all walked within three yards of each other, and for three hours solid, didn't say it's a silly. word. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Like, all of us had got the directions up on our phone. We didn't even want to communicate that to each other. It was just like, right, we go in. <laughs> we go in, head down, and we're off.
1: But yeah, it was... Bearing in mind, we're three really good mates. Two of them are brothers. <laughs> we, just didn't, we just did not communicate. I mean, talking about the walk in general, I don't know what you two think, but I mean, you, I've, I've obviously discussed this with you two. There was a period on one day, and I can't remember where it was, because obviously we did a lot of canal walking. But I had a period, because it must have been on the way to Headingley because we were doing it in, obviously, one of the two that we had to do in Relay. And you remember I said to you, there was a period of literally three and a half hours where I didn't see, like, not a dog walker, no, no people on barges or anything. But I actually think I found the challenge mentally tougher than I did physically because, obviously, having that, that second week off, my feet had time to recover. I know you two didn't have that luxury, so only you, Simon new Eugene, by the time he missed the fourth one, his feet were so beaten up, they were never going to have time to recover. But my recovering that kind of week off or two weeks I had, the mental strain of not being able to see anybody or have any kind of human interaction, just knowing you got to put one foot in front
2: of the other for half hours covering, what, 11, 12 miles. Hmm. What were your thoughts on it, Huge? I spent a lot of time on the phone. I mean, if I didn't have a battery pack, I would have been in trouble because, uh, I mean, I- when kicking off in the morning at whatever it was, 3.34 in the morning, I used to do those those videos of, this is your 3 a.m. wake up call, blah, blah, Keeping myself entertained more than people actually watching the videos. But for some reason, people around six o'clock would then start messaging me. So Ross Kaywood from Last Man Stands would phone me. He seems to be an early riser. So I'd spend 45 minutes on the phone with him talking about anything and everything in the world. So from my perspective, I'm sure you guys had the same thing as you find somebody online and you start chatting to them or I listen to a bunch of podcasts, I just to a bunch of our our first episodes, just to see how far we've come or, or how far we've gone backwards, depending on which which person you talk to. But yeah, I suppose, if I put it this way, if I didn't have a phone, I would have been bored shitless mm-hmm. because, yeah. And uh, I mean, Simon introduced me to, uh, to Global Player and a certain dance station, which I spent a lot of time on. I found that the beat actually made me keep my pace up because I find myself dawdling sometimes. So... As soon as you got into to the, the sort of steps of it, all of a sudden, your next thing you know, you've covered three hours and you've done however many miles you needed to. So yeah, it was good from that point of view. Well, well done, and, Other
1: radio stations are available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Mainly
0: uh, on Capital, yeah. by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. The only... <laughs>
1: Capital seems to have about 700 radio yeah. stations. Um, yeah. There are some on the well, BBC look, as well for anyone who was wondering. <laughs> well, yeah, look, well done. We, we got through it. We completed it. I think, as Simon says, we will be able to look back on it fondly in in probably a little bit more detail in it in a bit more time. We'll probably get a chance to sit in a pub together and, and actually talk about it properly in in the future.
0: And we should really. People can crazy. still donate. People can still donate they still, if they want to. Yeah. On page, yeah dive, um, dive on Instagram yeah. or whatever and whatever, and just get on there. And... We're two
2: grand short of of our ten grand target that we yeah. were looking for yeah. on the Just Giving page. That is. Yeah. yeah. So I know we've had some offline donations and stuff that. Uh, that gone into that that aren't
1: showing on that but yeah people can still donate which is which would be much appreciated so the cricket now after the first test we all did our predictions i said 3 to england simon said 3-2 and just stayed on the fence and eugene said 4-1 australia i mean first of all we've got to say what a series like the way it ebbed and flowed two very contrasting styles Obviously, we talked about the cricket a lot whilst we were together. I think the, the great thing for me was England went from a time of being reckless to being a lot more measured while still being positive. So, still played the brand of cricket that they wanted to play, but actually learned throughout the series that maybe when they were happy hooking at Lords, that wasn't necessarily the right way to go about it. But ju- I think just a brilliant advert for Test cricket.
2: I mean, my, my prediction was, was, was spot on if it wasn't for the rain in Manchester and that dodgy ball change at the Oval. I mean, how? 4-1 was definitely on the cards if it wasn't for the rain and that dodgy ball change. No, no nibble? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could have been 4-1, Huge. But I don't think the way you predicted it.
0: I, I think it was... Every, yeah, there was some... Incre- it was not incredible series. Like I said, the way that and flowed, I, I'm going to be a little bit controversial and I've held back my opinion... I thought some of the cricket was pretty piss poor. I thought it was entertaining, but it was entertaining because of its some of its ineptitude. Yeah. I think there were three three bits or certainly two bits of cricket. If you saw him in an under twelves game, you'd have laughed and gone, ah, this kids playing cricket. This happened in the biggest series in the world. Like Mitchell Stark not being able to understand that you can't catch it what you have you don't have to put your hand underneath it. And then Johnny <laughs> Burstow. Thinking that you can just walk out your ground when you like, well, that's the thing. That for me is like a mancad. That's you teach kids that at a young age that this is how you catch the ball. You wait till the keeper's got rid of it. You watch the ball when the guy's bolting. So, and I think like you talk about England hooking at Lords. I think some of the ways that Australians played was just that when Kawaja and Labuschagne blocked the life out of it on that morning. And yeah, yes, then there was a ball change. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but. They battered themselves into a position where, it, for me, there, there was just some quite inept cricket. There was some excellent cricket, but there was just some bits where you're standing go, Yeah, the quality of it wasn't quite. It was it was enthralling. It was addictive. That first day that we went and watched it, Headingly, being in the crowd on that day is one of the best. We we were very fortunate that we got, other than minor th- th- thing with Edgebaston, we got to go to all the first days. Mm. That that day at Headingley was incredible. Watching How Mark awesome. bowl that spell was just, and the way that the ground, I, I, that's the first time, I've, I've been fortunate I've played at Headingley a couple of times. I've never been there to watch and I never played there in front of anything like any amount of people. So th- the way the atmosphere just went throughout the day mm. and grew and built and the way that everything was going. And, and yeah, there was a a bit of bite in it because of what, what happened at Lords and stuff like that. But that was absolutely fantastic. It was a bit of a shame. I think everyone knew what was going to happen at Old Trafford. I think the way that like, we were stood watching on that first day and it should have been, should have been incredible again. Like England had got themselves back in the series, everything like that. But it just, I don't I tell you, never been to Old Trafford, never watched it there. But there was just like a, a knowledge that the cricket wasn't going to go anywhere. And then that, again, that first day of the overall was just, from a personal point of view, take out the bit that we shall not speak of at the end. Yeah. That was absolutely incredible, their cricket. and
1: The bit the bit just
0: before the unspeakable bit was also pretty cool. Yeah, we've got to meet some unbelievable people. And I, I still don't quite know how we managed to get into that event.
1: But So just to fill people in, Eugene had left by this point. You know, we were sat next to Mark Wood's mum and dad. We were with we, Gene, so we were basically with all the families and and stuff. Like and players, and then they then they kick everyone out at the end of the day. And obviously, we've got these ECB media lanyards. So Simon and I are just at the back. Of that, so I saw a couple of folks, and this lady approaches us and goes, "Oh, she sees our lanyards and, and said to me, oh, are you here for the media drinks?'" So I just went, "Yeah." Now we weren't, we didn't know anything about these media drinks. We're next thing rushed into this hospitality bit upstairs on the roof terrace in what was the OCS stand, I think it's the JM Finn stand now. All of a sudden we're given glasses of this and more drinks in the center. Then all of the Sky Commentary team come in, all of the TMS lot, all of the like overseas production people. And we are lucky enough to know a a few of them, but we, we ended up talking for half an hour to Mark Taylor, Jim Maxwell, Dick Marks. I Had a good catch up with Ishiguro. I've known for a long time, and it was just it was just nuts to to kind of meet these people and talk to them about the podcast and the walk and and what have you. And it was just a, a phenomenal evening. Well, yeah. So cricket. That was the.
0: the I mean, no, yeah. I may or may not have had a drink by this point, so my recollection is that some of the conversations are are not not the May West, but you know, I just talked to Mark Taylor about cricket and bits and bobs and stuff like that. So, Why the freaking hell are you talking to me about cricket? And like, you, you're doing all this <laughs> stuff, isn't it 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 was it was surreal yet yeah, incredible and and that like I say the that that first day we were very very fortunate that we got access to this these things on the first day but just to be surrounded by those people and and see the cricket that we did was brilliant absolutely brilliant thank you to the guys at the ECB for for sorting us out those passes they obviously got on board with what we were doing and and so thank you very much to well, you, Eugene, for initiating that contact and and then and then getting us them being more than hospitable with us.
2: Mm. But yeah, I, it's regards the cricket. What, what, are your thoughts, Eugene, you, on the cricket? I thought the cricket was really good. Again, so many highlights from a cricketing point of view that you just go through in terms of milestones, the way that people played, how the series ebbed and flowed. I mean, going two 0 down, you're thinking to yourself, "Oh boy, my four one prediction going towards us," and then them coming back in Leeds the way they did was really good. Them possibly looking to win in Manchester if it wasn't for the rain. I mean, that looked pretty positive from that point of view. And then, yeah, I mean, all coming down to the the Oval, it was just an unbelievable series. I think the amount of runs scored were, were quite surprising. I think Zach Crawley was a big surprise to everyone, let's be honest. We, we were thinking that he should have been dropped for someone else and he ended up being second top scorer behind I think it was Ousmane yes. So yeah. I mean, just the things that we weren't expecting happened, which which was I suppose the way cricket's supposed to go. If you we knew the way it was gonna go, then we would have called a two two at the beginning, wouldn't we?
1: And England having I mean, to take all ten wickets on that last day to win. We can't pass over the fact that I mean, Broadie's retirement and that that spelly bowls at the end, changing the bales round the and then nicks off Todd Murphy. Oh, that was sure. No, Todd Murphy, wasn't it? The, with his second to last, yeah, he, he did it. In the first innings, didn't
0: he? To oh,
1: bring and then he got, um, yeah, it was Woody who, who got the wicket after he changed Murphy out, and then he got was it Airy out, wasn't it? Final Test wicket. So he, he's, I think, probably the only person that has ever hit a six with their last ball in first class cricket with the bat, and taken a wicket with their last ever ball in first class cricket. So, I mean, what a career! He's now going to move into an amazing broadcasting career. He literally started work, working like the day, late, the day after, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so I mean. he's doing all the 100 and stuff. So, But yeah, phenomenal career to Brodie. Thank you. Phil. Yeah. Um, I think there's
0: one thing. I think that, that I know sportsmen very rarely get to write their own endings, don't they? And you can, you can probably count on one hand the amount of sportsmen that have actually had it end in a way that is kind of fitting for them. You know, like Richie McCall goes out, last ever game of rugby is 2015 Rugby World Cup one. Wins it, stands on the podium, bosh. You go right. That's that's. Uh, and I was thinking about this earlier today. You think about the last thirty years like, since we've been watching cricket and all the players that come to it, we'll say England cricket because that's what me and Johno mostly follow. But you can go around the world and there's not been actually that many. It seems to have been the era of people going out, not other than maybe Warner McGraw. You'd say when walking off hand in hand at 2007, having retained, I mean boshed England all over the place. But you think, I mean, certainly in England, retirement. The, Cook's the only one. He gets yeah, but, in. but you think, in, we've basically spent since 1994 having people retire who haven't necessarily had great records, have been good players, mm. but kind of going out with a bit of a whimper. You say, yeah, Alex Stewart got 100 in his 100 test and stuff like that, which wasn't, he didn't retire then. And you're now thinking to the point where we've, there's been three, three England. Well, four if you include Mo, but I, we, that was kind of done twelve months ago, and then he's come back. But you think there's been three guys that have played for England and and had semi like, important roles. No, none bigger than Broadie. But you think mm. Alex Hales has retired from international cricket this week, which was a bit a bit strange, kind of in the way he did it. But and then but Steve we- Finn. Sorry.
1: That was the last game in an England show it was winning the T20 World Cup. Yeah, it?
0: and, and you, you're sitting there going, right, these guys are now retiring and they have announced their retirements from the game. Like, Stephen Finn won, what was it, one or two Ashes series down in Australia? Uh twenty nine, ten. I know he won definitely part 20, of that. And 13 as well. Yeah. yeah, so you think, I mean, there's guys that played in the 80s and 90s that got beat. Literally, they won three tests against Australia. Yeah. And we're now talking about guys that have gone on one, one multiple ashes series. And Alex Hales goes out as his last game being in, a, T, in a, a T20 World Cup final and got eight yard out in the semi and like all this kind of stuff. And and we're just like, people are just dismissing it. Oh, yeah, that's that's what we do now. Well, let's, let's take a step back a little bit. These guys have had incredible careers. Steve Finn doing what he did with all the controversy and stuff that happened around him with Graham Smith and kicking the stumps over and, I mean, you talk about bowlers that have caused a change in the laws. So he's one that's had to cause the change in the law. Most mm. people do it through cheating a little bit. He did it through being a gangly bloke that can't control his legs.
1: But that's well, <laughs> we can kind of get away from that. But, but these guys have had incredible careers. But also with Finney, I think obviously he's been a he's been a Woodstock pro. I've been I've been chatting to him a bit today. He had to battle a lot because he he went on he went on tour. And and was part of the England setup when they basically sent him home because they said he was unsuitable. Yeah, and really then had to battle a lot of mental demons in, in order to want to continue to play the game. Came back, part of another Ashes series, another Ashes winning series down under. So yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal career. You know, loads of wickets across all three formats for England. Yeah, probably probably underrated. Quite highly underrated Finney, I think, if we're giving him his dues. He, he, he was a fantastic bowler who bowled absolute thunderbolts from six foot seven, you know, consistently 90 plus. So, yeah, it's a shame to see. We, we've had three England, big England players, successful England players retire in the, in the well, four actually, including Mo. He's hmm. in, still playing on one day week. stuff, though, right? Yes. Yeah, incredible. yeah. Yes. So, I think Finney's yeah.
0: actually been a victim of Broad and like you, 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 you look at. Are. You look at the guys that have. I think mean, did you see the team sheet of the team that England could pick of players that made have made their debut unretired since James Anderson made his debut? <laughs> well, it's basically a who's who of England cricket in the last twenty years. It's it's, it's madness. But yeah, I, I think these guys all of a sudden we as England fans, so to speak, almost have, since that two thousand and five situation and then becoming the number one Test team in what 2011, twenty eleven, twenty eleven, twelve. I think we've kind of forgot what it's like, what we were like in the when, in the nineties when we picked ten all rounders to play one day cricket. When I mean, like these guys, we just didn't we didn't seem like we had a clue what what the yeah. best way to play cricket was. And we've gone from that. Yeah, the advent of central contracts and, and things like that has now meant that we can we could pay Broad and Anderson enough money that they were just going to sit and play Test cricket. Mm. Like that's that is incredible, and the people that created that within the ECB need a bit of a round of applause, really. The fact that we've got, as a country, we've got the two leading, in terms of wicket-taking seamers of all time, mm. and no one else is getting near that for you, guide. They don't play enough test cricket anymore, and you ain't being fit enough to play, to play 160 games. I mean, if someone from South Africa wants to play 160 games, they need to still be playing in 30-10. They play about four a year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's either going to be an Englishman or a... Indian or an Aussie who's going to get close and the Aussies break down more often than mm. an Alfa Romeo and the Indians have got 9,000 seamers anyway and they seem to roll through them So,
1: and it's harder for seamers to take wickets over there isn't it? Yeah. Certainly in terms of the red ball cricket because the wickets aren't settled for them yeah. so yeah phenomenal from those boys I mean what what what's next gents? Not in terms of challenges, no more challenges, yep. certainly not for a while like,
0: a while you know. being about 15 years yeah, and then we'll have right. a challenge to say who can go fastest in a wheelchair downhill.
1: Well, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're done for challenges at the moment. Obviously, we've got the golf day that we will start talking about shortly. Probably next week we'll bring that up. That's going to be on the 18th of October at the Forest of Arden, which will be in support of the Taverners. But yeah, I think we've got some well, some exciting things brewing in the background, don't
2: we? Where's the next cricket we can talk about? The 100. I don't know. I know that... I mean, I'm talking about, about, like, I know we've got the Cricket World Cup, the T20 World Cup, which is only in October.
1: Yeah. Then we've got England-India. But is there no more test series going yeah. on? England-India is January to, January to March, is it? In January into early March, five tests in India, which will be a big challenge for the lads.
2: It's going to be strange. We were planning routes and walking, and we actually have to look at what cricket games are going on. It's come to explain me. There'll, is-
1: there'll be 9,000
0: dogshit T20 leagues coming up they'll be in play soon. Yeah, we- That's- where yeah, I, I'm, I'm just saying to these franchises now. I'm retired. I can be talked out. Uh, you can contact me on WhatsApp if necessary. I'm, I'm good for about two overs. I might be able to collide with it down the off end. I but but, but, but yeah, I think that. Well, we can we can talk about the hundred if people want to, or shall we leave that till next week?
1: Yeah, I think I think to, let's leave tonight is, it, is, it. The, is the Ashes and the Who.
0: Here's a question: One person from each
2: country. Who's your player in the C- series, Eugene? Player of the series um, for me, Usman Khawaja for Australia. I thought he just, especially facing those thunderbolts from Wood for three of the games. I thought he batted really well up top. It's not often you see top order batsmen score all the runs in series like this. So I think Khawaja for Australia. And if I look at the, I'll be honest. This is gonna, this is gonna be really, really controversial because I didn't think he was worth his space in the first two tests. Well, Johnny Bairstow came back quite well just the way he handled all the controversy and then started scoring a few runs and played some match, no- some match winning knocks. So yeah, it was just good to see. what's that saying when you, you come from, from, from the ashes, he rose from the ashes literally and uh, reinvented himself, but yeah, just a lot of good stories. I mean, obviously there was some good performances, good. You look at all the stats and you can see who took the most wickets in terms of Chris Wokes did really well. I mean, how Chris Wokes got player of the series only playing three series or uh, three games was just unreal. But yeah, I mean, for me, Bedsto and Kawaja. How about yourself?
1: I was going to go John Alex. because yeah, Eugene's just trying to like shove me out of the conversation again. I, you... I thought i would be nice yeah. for one episode. I think so. Batters, I'm going to go. I'm going to go batters and bowlers.
0: No, uh, no, 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 that's not the question. This is why Eugene wasn't trying to involve you. Look, could you get asked a question? On, you write the your question. own question. One player from each team. Player of the series. She'd, so all he all says, Morris team... I'm going
1: to go. I'm going to go woke for England because I genuinely think he turned the series on it on its head in terms of with the ball. He got key wickets at key times. And you know what? Possibly controversially, but I think the way that he came in and scored his 100 and and played pretty well throughout the series. Probably didn't do that well at the Oval, but I I thought Mitch Marsh came in and and actually showed some, some real good intent for the Aussies, having not played a test for so long. So I think he deserves a lot of probably two... Slightly controversial. Not controversial, but left field selections. But uh, I think that I'd probably look at those two. You? For Australia, I will go. And this is only
0: because Eugene's gone Kawaja and I'm going to be a bit different because I thought he was unbelievable in the first few tests. I actually think when Mark Wood came in, you started to see a little bit. Although he he, he seemed quite comfortable on the short ball. Travis Head? No, Kawaja. When Kawaja came in, when Wood came in, Kawaja, he seemed decent on the short ball. When he bowled it a bit fuller, he seemed to struggle a little bit more. I think that was through the fact that Mawlid bowled over the wicket at him, and I did mention that earlier on. But I will go with Mitchell Stark. I think he was either shite or bust. But I think when he was the shite, as in the top end of it, being very, very good, he was excellent. Mm -hmm. And I think what he did was was mean the pack come into. I don't think. My next question is to you, is what I'm going to answer now, which was going to be my biggest disappointment, would be Scott Boland. Because I thought, and, and to be honest, most of the Australian bowling attack, because I thought Boland, Cummins, Hazelwood, would provide, would be a lot better than they were. So, obviously, Stark, I think he carried that bowling attack to mean that they had a threat. Especially and didn't play on And my player of the tournament, player of the series for England was Nathan Lyon for deciding to pop his calf. No, for England... You can tell I'm a bowler. I think Wokes, Wokes got the plaudits because he got a lot of wickets. I think the person that changed the mentality in the England bowling attack was Mark Wood. And And yes, he bowled that one spell that was ridiculous, but what he did was absolutely galvanise the team when it needed it. And, mm. and that that spell for me is the one spell that absolutely spun the series on its arse. I didn't think I'd ever see a first, first slip stood outside the circle but I think some of that, <laughs> Joe Root, was that spell ahead in Lee. But yeah, so that's, I, I'd go, you can, you can tell he's batters and bowlers in this, can't you? But to be fair, second will be Crawley. Yeah, so. it really will. Ducky had a good series. Yeah, Ducky. In, in my team of the tournament, I was going to bat him at three. Okay. But that's a, that. we can do that another time if
1: people want to. Yeah, well, we so. so on the Nathan thing, how much did that change the course of the series? I think he panicked panic Pat Cummins
0: massively it, it's, it's like anyone when you're a captain isn't it you, you you go in and you you go right this is the plan this is the plan this is the plan and I think that injury we saw in the first two tests yeah I know Crawley and Duckett got off to a decent start at Edgebaston, but they looked like they had an amount of control the seamers looked like they kind of knew what their plan was mm. and I think that just led to their plans just going completely out the window you saw how when you had Todd Murphy in the third test, didn't want to bowl him, or didn't seem to want to bowl him. And then in the fourth test, they didn't pick a spinner, and you saw they going, hang on a minute, what's what's going on? And they get back to the fifth test, and they're like, well, we're playing at the Oval, so we need we need this. And I I, I just think it it completely dropped there. I mean, he's not missed a hundred tests, he played in the last one hundred tests. Right? I mean, he's basically yeah. played eleven or ten years, whatever it is, like every test. He'd be the one that they're probably inking in for the five tests, right? There at the start, first name yeah. down, batting at number nine, ten, whatever. He bats that lines in, yeah. And then all of a sudden that comes out, and it, it, it affected their whole bowling attack for me. You, right. What, what do you think, Huge Chris Green wanted more from him. Oh,
2: good. I mean, I could go the obvious David Warner, but I mean, it's good to see that. I think do you mean Cam Green. Green. No, no, Chris Green, the guy, the guy Yes, I do mean Cam <laughs> Green. Cam Green, Cam Green, yes. Not Chris Green, the offspinner, Cam Green. I was expecting him to play a little bit more of a role as the all-rounder. Just looking at it, how many runs he scored, didn't score very many, from memory anyway. And, yeah, I think they used him as the enforcer at one stage. He was trying to bump people out. I think every, everyone was at one stage, him. but I mean, I think if Megan had been fit,
0: he'd have been bowling some short balls.
2: Yeah. I mean, I could have gone the obvious one and saying David Warner, but... He got he,
0: To be fair, I think he, he got a couple of 60s, didn't he? And which I think almost probably saved him in terms of his announced his retiring after the Sydney Test and all this kind of govins, which I'm not from a fan of this, announcing you're retiring when your place is already kind of dubious anyway. In... Um, but I think that kind of gave him enough. I think that was the thing. A lot of their players, other than probably Cam Green, in fact, I think... A, a, a lot of players within the series kind of did bits, like just to, and that's what I mean about the standards of it. When when I was talking about the standards Mm of some of the cricket being played, yeah, some of it was incredible to watch. But you look at how many hundreds of scores, not many. You look at the amount of time people batted for to dominate a game, which you'd normally expect someone to dominate it for a period of time. And other than at Manchester, when England absolutely blew Australia away for a day, You'd say that was the only time where you had a full day of a professional domination job. Oh, and how many hamburgers were there then? If they weren't many, six.
2: Close, seven. I think
0: Aussie had Aussie had four, England had three. Oh, you putting me on the spot here? Yeah. Crawley, Root, and Stokes for England, and then Kawaja,
2: Crawley, Root, Stokes, Smith, Shane Marsh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I pretty much nailed that. Here. Yeah.
2: Mm. You did.
0: What about you, Johnny? What was your biggest disappointment? The fact that they played a test at Manchester during rainy season?
1: Every season's rainy season in Manchester. Correct. Biggest disappointment? Well, that's an interesting question. I'll tell you what, Emanus Labishane's biggest disappointment is. is being dropped from the one-day squad to the yeah. World Cup. We might talk about that next week. Biggest disappointment? I, th- I think the rain in Manchester stopped us having an absolute showpiece final test at the Oval. I'm not saying it, it, it might have gone the same way. I think the series deserved two all going into that. So I'd say the the shitty weather. Um, but my my other two massive disappointments about the entire Ashes were Bradford and Oldham. For anyone living in Oldham, John, whose parents live in... <laughs> you want to air your views on it. Right, Jess 11 yeah. Eugene's very, very tired. This might come out on Thursday. It's Monday, by the way but yeah thanks for joining us great to be back we will be recording every week you now we, we've set aside Monday nights to record every week please do like share leave reviews five stars only like your favourite ever Uber driver uh, please check our Facebook Twitter for links to the just Giving site. if you do want to contribute to the walk obviously two amazing charities in the Bob Lewis Fund and the Lord's Taverners would we'll be very grateful of your support as would we and yeah Lovely to be back. Lovely to be back with you two. We we kind of we never got sick of the sight of each other, did we? But I got sick um, of your fricking snoring, and slam. that snort wasn't
0: even a half the decibels of what we were having to <laughs> deal with.
1: Thank you. Well, enough glorious to be back with you both. Glorious to be back with you, listeners, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you again. Love you, mate.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.